0: Hello, everyone. Today's episode is about a few of the more romantically inclined fairies the Lanin Shi, the Gonkana, and the story of Tam Lin. Have you ever felt that moment when inspiration hits? It seems to come out of nowhere. Suddenly, there is fire in your veins. You can barely stand still because of this excitement and need to express or create this idea or feeling. But where does inspiration come from? Is it something within us? Or is there an outside force affecting what we do? Artists throughout history mention having a muse. The Greeks worshiped nine goddess muses responsible for inspiration. In Celtic folklore, There is a fairy called the Lananchi. Lananchi translated means fairy lover. Usually depicted as a female who targets talented artists who possess a genuine love for their work. She is able to change her form to meet the desires of her intended. She is beautiful, seductive, and sparks an intense desire and inspiration in the artist. So intense is this desire that all the artist can do is make love to his fairy companion and work tirelessly at his craft, whether he be a painter, sculptor, musician, or poet. The Lan and She seems to genuinely care for their human lover, but their otherworldly effect on them eventually becomes harmful to the human. Their passion becomes all-consuming to the point where he no longer eats or sleeps. The longer the and she remains, the more drained the human becomes. Some say that she has a vampiric quality which drains the life out of the mortal. I believe humans are unable to sustain that level of passion without some kind of balance. The fairy lover inevitably leaves her artist, taking with her their talent and desire to live. These unfortunate men are not long for this world, when striking up an affair with this dark muse. The poet William Butler Yeats believed in the Lananchi and mentioned her often in his work. He wrote, The Lananchi seeks the love of mortals. If they refuse, she must be their slave. If they consent, they are hers and can only escape by finding another to take their place. The fairy lives on their life, and they waste away. Death is no escape from her. She is the Gaelic muse, for she gives inspiration to those she persecutes. The Gaelic poets die young, for she is restless, and will not let them remain long on earth. From the sounds of it, the Lan and she takes their lover's spirit with them to the fairy realm once they die. Keats had quite a few failed romances in his life, some of whom were his inspiration. It is understandable that he would feel a connection to this tale. Another famous poet, John Keats, wrote about the lananchi in a poem called La Belle Dame sans Merci, which means The Beautiful Lady Without Mercy. The poem tells of a young knight who meets a beautiful wild fairy woman in the meadows. She sings him songs and he falls deeply in love with her. She takes him to her fairy home, kisses him and lulls him to sleep. He then dreams of a cold, dark hill where he is surrounded by the frightening apparitions of dead warriors and princes who fell victim to the Shi. They surround him, trying to warn him lest he suffer the same fate they did. He awakens on that same dark, cold hill of his dreams Abandoned by his love, Laying there heartbroken and dying. Oh, what can ail thee, knight-at-arms, Alone and palely loitering? The sedge has withered from the lake And no birds sing. Oh, what can ail thee, knight-at-arms, So haggard and so woe-begone? The squirrel's granary is full And the harvest's done. I see a lily on thy brow, with anguish moist and fever dew, and on thy cheeks a fading rose, fast withereth too. I met a lady in the meds, full beautiful, a fairy's child. Her hair was long, her foot was light, and her eyes were wild. I made a garland for her head, and bracelets too, and fragrance own. She looked at me as she did love and made sweet moan. I set her on my pacing steed and nothing else saw all day long For sidelong would she bend and sing a fairy song She found me roots of relish sweet and honey wild and manna dew And sure in language strange she said, I love thee true She took me to her elfin grot and there she wept and sighed full sore And there I shut her wild wild eyes with kisses for. And there she lulled me asleep, and there I dreamed, ah woe betide, the latest dream I ever dreamt on the cold hillside. I saw pale kings and princes too, pale warriors, death pale were they all, they cried, la belle dame sans merci thee hath enthral. I saw their starved lips in the gloam, with horrid warning gaped wide, and I awoke and found me here. On the cold hillside. And this is why I sojourn here alone and palely loitering, though the sedge is withered from the lake and no birds sing. The Goncana, otherwise known as the Love Talker, is the Don Juan of the fairy world. He is unnervingly beautiful. And can charm any woman or man he is depicted as tall handsome and carrying a wooden pipe his eyes are ice blue and his hair jet black although it is said he can change his appearance to suit his target his skin holds a hypnotic toxin and once touched the object of his desire becomes enamored and obsessed regardless if that person is already romantically attached he makes love to this unsuspecting human once, leaving them heartbroken and distraught. Some say women go mad after their encounter with the Gonkana, becoming violent and crazed. The Gonkana em- embodies Id- idleness, smoking tobacco in his pipe, drinking ale, and bedding milkmaids. He is said to be a distant relative of the Leprechaun. There are stories reported to this day of people encountering this Fae. They all say that his beauty is so unnatural that it becomes frightening. And as crazy as the notion is, they know he can't be human. He is charming and tries to get the name of his conquest. I'm not sure why, but it is important to never give your name or anyone else's to the Fae. Perhaps it means they can enslave you or take you to their world. You can also spot the the Gonkana by their inability to cast a shadow. The Gonkana isn't necessarily a dangerous fae, just a bit mischievous and a ruthless heartbreaker. Not all fairy romances end in heartbreak. There is a ballad centuries old about a brave young woman who saves her elfin knight the tale of Tam Lynn. A young, strong-willed woman named Janet ventured into the woods of Carterhow, which is near Selkirk in Scotland. She knew these woods were guarded by an elfin knight and was warned she would need to pay a toll to enter his woods. Janet entered anyway. The forest was beautiful, The sun shone through the trees, and the forest floor was covered in bluebells and roses. She saw the elfin knight's horse nearby, but there was no sign of him, so she continued without fear and picked a rose. Just then, Tamlin breaks through the trees and asks her why she is there without his permission, and how she could take a rose that did not belong to her. Bold and brave by nature, she responds, Carter Howe is my own. My daddy gave it me. I'll come and go by Carter Howe and ask nay leave at thee. Tamlin takes her at her word and admires her bravery. He allows her to keep the rose and visit him in the forest. They fall in love and Janet becomes pregnant. One day, she goes to the woods to find him at the well. Tamlin confesses to her that he was once a mortal man. His grandfather was the Earl of Roxborough. One day on a hunt, he fell off his horse. The queen of the fairies caught him and brought him to fairyland, which he admits is a beautiful place. Now he guards the forest by day and spends his nights in fairy. However, every seven years, there is a tith to pay to hell and this time he feared it would be himself. Janet feared for her love and the father of her unborn child and asked if there was anything that she could do. He tells her that there is one chance for him to return to his mortal life. On Samhain, at midnight, he will ride through these woods with the wild hunt. When she sees him on his white horse, she must pull him down and hold on tight. The Fae will turn him into a bear to frighten her, but she must not let go. They will change him into a lion, then a red hot iron, but she must hold on tight and not be afraid for he will not harm her. Lastly, they will turn him into coal or a glowing wand, at which point Janet must throw him into the well. Then he will be transformed back into her knight. She must then cover his naked form with her green cloak to hide him. Janet agrees to do this. She ventures back into the dark woods on Samhain night to wait for the wild hunt. Hours go by. Then, at midnight, she hears the horse's bridles. She stayed out of sight. First, she watches the black horse and the rider go by then the brown. Then she ran to the milk-white steed and pulled the rider down. Everything transpired the way Tamlin warned her, but she was not afraid and held on tight. When he returned to his knightly form, she covered him with her cloak. The queen of the fairies had ridden with the hunt and screamed, Tamlin is away. The fairest knight in all my company is lost to the world of the Fae. Farewell, Tamlin. Had I known that an earthly woman would win you with her love, I would have taken out your heart of flesh and put in a heart of stone. And had I known that fair Janet was coming to Carterhoe, I would have taken out your two gray eyes and put in two of wood. As the queen spoke, dawn began to rise, and the fairy raiders spurred their horses and took off with an unearthly cry. Tam Lin and Janet returned to her castle, where they received her father's blessing. They lived a long and happy life together, never forgetting how they met. Every Samhain, Tam Lin would take Janet for a walk through the woods and pluck her a red rose and thank her for saving him. I love this last story, as it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast. I also think it is amazing for the time and culture that they made a woman the hero of a story. As the story is so old, there are a few different versions of the tale. Some are more chaste than others. In one version, Tamlin is transformed into a lizard. In another, Janet's hands are badly burnt after he turns into a hot red iron. Making her sacrifice and love that much more meaningful. I believe there are lessons in these tales. To be brave, strive for balance in your life, and love with both your heart and your head. As Benjamin Franklin said, if passion drives you, let reason hold the reins. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As always, remember to support your local library as they can serve as your own personal muse. Until next time, this has been Selina with Tales of Fae and Folklore.